0: on Arizona sports. The local sports leader. I
1: didn't know if she was going to talk or not, or if we were just going to rock out to Billy
0: Idol. I'm fine either way, or We had to, to rock you. out. Whoa, Dude, I mean, well, you're you dancing with myself. Yeah, I'm album. alone back here, Bernsy. i got to dance with myself. <laughs> That's the album Rebel
1: Yell, I believe. It, it is. You play this guitar lick, and I'm like, all right, I can listen to this for a few
0: minutes. I'd rather listen to Kim Ring, but... What I? I saw Billy Idol in Las Vegas a couple years ago. And he's still taking his shirt off. <laughs> oh, not, thank God. I'm not sure he should be, but he, he is. Lovely. And it was great. That yeah, was All great. Right. He
1: did an acoustic version of Eyes Without a Face on um, for like Sirius XM, I think. Oh, he's Billy Idol was great, man. So good. I'm like, oh man, I can dig this. He was like. Soulful and slow and and just oh it, it was
0: Billy Idol, he rocks. Oh dude Billy he rocks Idol.
1: all these years later. He still rocks.
0: I still kick off a little uh, kick out a little blue highway in the car once in a while. You know, <laughs> I wake like it. up I like in the US. filling
1: in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gimp- Oh show. Um <laughs> <laughs> Arizona Sports the local sports leader. Oh so the Suns fifteen and six, they've won six straight games. Uh Best record in the Western Conference. Everyone's buzzing about him now. Devin Booker, unbelievable crazy good night. We haven't, we haven't stopped talking about it. We'll keep talking about it here. DeAndre Eaton, really good night. We had a conversation, Tim and I, earlier about whether we are starting to see the manifestation of what we had all kind of dreamed this could be. And that is, while not a perfect comparison, Kobe Shaq 2.0. DeAndre Ayton's been talking about it since before the Phoenix Suns drafted him. Yes, it, yes. You know, and, and it's, it took us four years and by no means am I saying we're there, but certainly over these last few games, we've started to see at least this idea that, hey, maybe these two, maybe a friend of mine on Twitter said it best. That the idea that the window for a championship closes when Chris Paul retires is now false because of what these two are doing together. And that, to me, is what the Kobe Shaq conversation is all about. A duo that can lead you to a championship. We thought the duo was Booker and CP3, and for a couple of years it was. Now you're starting to see this other iteration of it where it's, where it's Book and Aiden and in the midst of all of that
0: it's without chris paul yeah i'd Dan, like to do see we, i'd like to see a little more out of ayton before i of course of course i like i believe like like, believe me i'm i'm fired up i i love yeah and i'm i'm a, anybody who's heard of me on this station for years i'm a deandre ayton guy but i want to see a little before i say like chris paul can ride off into the sunset and booker and ayton are going to be the The nucleus of a championship contender. I need to see it a little more, and
1: and that's where I want to go with this conversation
0: because I am—I
1: too am not. I'm suggesting it. I'm not planting a flag on this island and claiming it as my own. Right? But it's a lot
0: more promising now than it it was. It is last year. But I think we need to have the Chris
1: Paul conversation a little bit because all of this has happened without him. Does does this suggest the future without him? is gonna be okay. Does it suggest that this this window that we're talking about doesn't close necessarily without Chris Paul. It's I, I don't want to see him right off into the sunset either. And the flip side of the coin honestly is boy, can you imagine what this team can do when Chris Paul comes back? But that also does that kind of gum up the machinery a little bit, right? This has worked really well with Aiton and Book. Can it work as well with Chris Paul? How different does it look with Chris Paul? Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: it can because Chris Paul doesn't need to score, right? He like that. He, he used to have to score. He used to have to, but he, he never. He, but
1: he doesn't need to. That, that's the, and that to me is the evolution. Like a year ago, they needed Chris Paul
0: to score. Do they now? Because he can. He can still be great without scoring. Like that's the difference. Like it's not like Chris Paul comes back and says, "Why well, I, I have to get mine? I'm Chris Paul. That's what I do. I score twenty two a game." He's not like that. He can, and he will if he has to. Yeah. I mean, we saw that in Game 6 of the playoff series against the Pelicans. 14 for 14. One of the greatest closeout scoring performances we've ever seen in the league. Mm -hmm. So he can do it, but he doesn't need to do it. It doesn't define him as a player. Right? So when he comes back, he may be... Uh, listen, I, if D, D.A. wants to go for 30, I'll distribute. Yeah, I'll distribute all night. I'll be
1: Ricky Rubio. I'll and, do and, it.
0: And and, and and it'll be great because in terms of his scoring, it's always there. Right? The elbow jumper is always going to be there in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. Yeah. It's always going to be there. So this... this the greatest thing about this stretch with Chris Paul being out is they've they've won games, mm-hmm. and they're keeping miles off the Chris Paul odometer <laughs> this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to keep too many miles off it. I don't think you want to. Well, at some point you have to take it out of the garage and drive it around the you neighborhood. Don't want, a you, bit. you don't want sure. him getting out of game shape. You don't want that booty getting too big, Burnsy. <laughs> you got to get him back there on the court. Right. You know, he, as we as we know, as I'll, we know, Alex,
1: we, I'll take phrases I didn't expect right? to hear for 400 hours. Hey,
0: we all know when we get older, it yeah, comes, it comes quickly. You got to get you got to get back out there. You got to run a little bit. Got to run a little bit. <laughs> I no, think, but you know. I mean, but you know what I'm no,
1: saying? No, no, I do know what you're saying. And I, and I think that that's that's what this <laughs> that's what this time without Chris Paul has shown us. And maybe that was by design. Yeah, the, you know, because this heel injury which was supposed to be healed a long time ago, pardon the pun, just keeps going and going and going. I think he's already been ruled out for tomorrow's game against the Rockets, maybe by design.
0: The Suns. All right. And don't forget about the other dude who's going to come back who can get you 30 in a heartbeat. Cam Johnson. Yes. So, I think with these guys being out, you know, and I, I asked James Jones about this, I think it was last week, last Wednesday when we had him The on. the the idea that uh, that Deandre Ayton and campaign, and even to a certain extent, Tory Craig, and some of these guys in their expanded roles are expanding their games, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that can only help from a confidence standpoint and a skill standpoint when you get into March, April, and May, and I think the Suns are going to be far better off for it.
1: When all their guns are blazing. In in part because, mostly because, I think the Suns of two years ago when they went to the finals, I think the Suns of last year when they won 64 games and set a franchise record, they needed Chris Paul's scoring. Mm -hmm. And... They don't as much now, and I think that—so this whole off-the-ball, Chris Paul is a facilitator. Hey, remember last year in the postseason, man, they're doubling Devin Booker. Chris Paul can't or won't shoot. He's sick. He's not sick. He's got COVID. He doesn't—whatever. Everything got gummed up. Everything ground to a halt for the Suns offensively. I think what this 10-game, 11-game, soon-to-be-12-game stretch is starting to show us, again, it's not the final version of it, is that if such things happen again this April, this May, they're in a much better position to survive it. They're in a much better position to be okay with that. Whereas last year, they were screwed. Two years ago, they would have been... Sc- I mean, for two years ago, they were without Chris Paul for most of that Clippers series. Yeah. But that Clippers team didn't have Kawhi. They didn't, they didn't need, necessarily, Chris Paul to finish off the Clippers in the Western Conference. Now... The Dallas Mavericks exposed, you take Chris Paul out of the equation, they're kind of screwed. Not so fast. Not anymore. Now you're starting to see the avenues in which they'll be okay if Chris Paul's not scoring that much. And who knows? Maybe the final version of the Suns this year is going to be one where Chris Paul only averages eight points a game, nine points a game, and everything's going to be okay because of it. I never thought we'd get there, but it seems like we're at least trending that
0: way. I I bet you the average is a little higher, Burns, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to guess... Just from the ebbs and flows of playoff basketball and knowing that your great, great players oftentimes have to deliver in games of that magnitude against opposing teams of that caliber. I am going to guess that if the Suns make a deep playoff run, there will be probably two games, maybe more, but at least two games in every playoff series where they're going to need Chris Paul to score. There's games every series. Every series, where they're they they're, 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 they're gonna need Chris Paul to score at least twenty points to win a game. There's gonna be games where he can be a distributor and maybe DA, if this version of DA is here to stay, where DA gets you twenty eight, Booker gets you thirty four, Cam gets you twenty nine, T twenty two, okay, but 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 there's gonna come a, there's okay. gonna come a game where they're gonna need Chris Paul to bring a game home in the fourth quarter. Maybe two. I don't doubt th- you're right. But I also
1: think asking him to be that guy every single game, well, they can't. That, that's he, what I mean. He, he, now, he now, won't be able to do it physically. Now, physically, if that expectation isn't thrust upon him to be that guy every single night, I feel better about them getting that from him twice a series. 100%. Because, you know, I, because now he won't feel like he has to. It won't. It, we won't feel like he has to. He can just go out there and... Oh, you need me to eat the one game where I'm going to drop 20 against the Pelicans? Okay, I'll give you that game.
0: Right. And I also feel that the guy who's starting at the four position now, Bernsey, whereas Jay Crowder is a guy who could get you 18 points, but the next guy could get you two. Yep. I'm pretty sure the guy there now can pretty much get you 22 every postseason game, as long as he's healthy. When we come back, it was a label put on Devin Booker very
1: early in his career. There is no question, number one doesn't put up empty stats anymore. That's next. Burns and Gambo, Tim Ring filling in.
0: Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
1: Of all the numbers to come out of last night with what Devin Booker did, and believe me, you could you could go blind staring at the numbers. There's a thousand of them out there. Hey, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. A little too close to home there, Tim. Sorry about that. My bad. Tom about sitting too close to the TV <laughs> <laughs> my, my bad. My bad. Most points ever by a Suns player in that arena. Second player over the last 25 years with 50 points and 80% shooting. I mean, I could do this all day. Uh, the, Kevin Durant, the Kevin Durant tweet made me laugh. 20 out of 25 is bleeping ridiculous, Devin Booker. And that was from a guy who went 19 for 24 a couple of nights ago. I could stat you to death when it comes to Devin Booker, but I, I think... Honestly, the little statistical nugget, Tim, that was probably my favorite out of last night's, and I, I don't think I would have known this. It's his fourth fifty-point game. It's the first one he's won. It's the first game that Devin Booker is a player. His team won when he scored fifty. It says something. It you know, really I think does it says a lot. It does. It? it really does. I think it tells a big story about the way things were. The way things, how they are, how the narrative about Devin Booker has evolved and changed and morphed over the years, I think that nugget tells the biggest, best story about last night more than anything else that happened. That was the first game
0: he's ever won in which he scored 50 or more. I love that story. In a, in a weird way, it also says a lot about his teammates and one particular teammate in DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker didn't even score a basket till they're like five minutes to go in the first quarter, and then he didn't play the fourth quarter. Yeah, two and a half quarters, f- fifty-one
1: points. And you know what else tells a story to me too? That apparently he told the the post game interviewer, not in the media scrum, but 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 like after the game when he puts on the headset or whatever, that a couple times Monty. Thought about putting him back in in the fourth quarter, the Bulls would like cut it to eighteen or something, and books like, yeah, no man, I'm good. cut it to eighteen. <laughs> I, I'm good, I'm fine. I don't need to go back in there. And I don't know if younger Devin Booker would have wanted to go back in the fourth quarter. Would have you know wanted to make a push to get to sixty? How high can you get? Can you get to sixty two? Can you get to sixty three? Can you get to seventy again like he did? But he took
0: criticism for that early on. Oh, and what? I'm not talking about the seventy point game e- either. I, I remember some guys, some bloggers. I don't know if it was Zach Lowe, may have been Zach Lowe. And is that guy? Yep. Like, that, like and this was after the 7. game 70 point game where they had the video out and they're like Devin Booker is beyond this he's 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 too much of a veteran he's too good to be out there chasing points chasing stats. This is no good on a losing team. So I think it says a lot that Devin Booker yeah. Here's
1: book after the game talking about finally scoring over 50 in a win.
0: Obviously feels better with the win. Um that was just a whole different time, man. We are playing different basketball. We were in a rebuilding stage, and just a young team trying to figure it out. You know, we have established veterans on this team. We have guys out, you know, with guys coming in and ready to go. So, you know, the team's so deep. We play so well together, and, you know, it's fun to be a part of. And as far as sitting in the fourth
1: quarter, even though he's got 51?
0: It's fine when I'm winning. Yeah. Um, You know, I've been there before. Like you said, I've had 50 before. Um, You know, so it's not something that I'm shooting for at all. You know, if it happens within the flow of the game and, you know, I have it going and the team, you know, wants to keep playing through me, then I'll do that. Jordan used to say when he had games like that, the rim looked like a big old bucket. Yeah, I I get the feeling Booker had one of those nights last night. He said something similar. He said it looked like twice the size that it normally is. Yeah, I mean, he was, the Bulls had no answer. I'm not even sure the Bulls tried to have an answer. I'm not even sure they even looked at the question. <laughs> I, mean, him and Aiton, what do they combine for? 81. I mean, Aiton had 11 in like the first five minutes of the game. Yeah. I mean, Vucevic, I, I was even—I don't even think he was trying. Yeah. um Bernsie, I, we're, we're witnessing something special right now, and Aiton's been phenomenal lately. But but Booker right now is at a level that you can talk about MVP. I, that's it's, we're kind of wasting our breath on December first to even have that conversation. Agreed. But but I, but I don't think we're wasting our time when we talk about the upper echelon of players right now in the in the NBA. And for years, Devin Booker was always kind of a notch below, even though he was first team All NBA last year. I don't think Booker was ever considered to be among the upper the super super duper stars, right? <laughs> if that's even a category, like the LeBrons and the Durant's and the Curries. He was always a notch below. He ain't a notch below anymore. He's in the club. He's in the club. He's in the club. And I don't... Who's in the club? That can be open for interpretation. But who's ever in the club? He's in it. Yeah. He's in the club. It,
1: it's, we talked about this a little earlier on the show. Like, I, There's no doubt Devin Booker is a top 10 player in this league. Oh my gosh. Right? Yes. I mean, no doubt. He, he's, he's in that club. I still think nationally, as far as his perception goes... Nobody thinks of him as Giannis' equal. I don't think anybody thinks of him as Luka's equal. I don't think any of them thinks of him as Jokic's equal. You know, like, I still think there's another within the club, All right. So so he's not outside the velvet ropes. He's inside the velvet ropes. He's in the club. He's there. It's him and nine other dudes. I still think within that club,
0: there's another like back room that he's not allowed into. Okay, you know, Okay, but the back room, you need a couple credentials for that back room, an MVP or a championship. Right now, Luca doesn't have those either. Right. For, For some reason, for some reason,
1: I don't know why. Luca has got into that part of the club without
0: those credentials. Do you, do you know, I, I don't know why, but he's there. You know why? Because he might damn well be the best player in the NBA. Period. And that's and, and you know so what? So that might trump the two credentials. Maybe the two tickets you need to get in the Bernsey back room. He he he's <laughs> I, got. He's, I just wait. Hold on. He's hold got, on. You know,
1: we're gonna end the show right there because I love the fact that he called it the Bernsey back room. <laughs> I I think that's great. That's fantastic. It has a nice ring yeah, to it, it really as well. Does. The, hey, back the room. ring to it, yeah. Like, okay. Oh, th-
0: that's the that's the tagline. Sir, it? got s- a nice ring to it, uh, Bernsey ring. Right. You guys got to go in business. Sir, can I see your MVP trophy? No, you don't have. You, you have a you have a world champion. All right, come on in, Luca. You don't. No, but I, I have the best player. No, it's <laughs> in the world tag.
1: It's like one of those speakeasies where you need the secret password to right. get in. You want to get into the Bernsey back room? What's the password?
0: I mean, D- D- Durant, Curry, LeBron, AD. Giannis, they have it.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, and I. I think you're He'll right, you. and I think Has if we're going to circle back to the MVP conversation, that's probably what's going to end up bugging a lot of people over the course of the year is that Luca's probably going to be at the forefront of that MVP, MVP conversation for most of the year playing on a very mediocre team. I mean, they're a 500-basketball team, and, and so, again, it'll come down to who is the, is it about the best player or is it about the best player on the best team, and Devin will lose that Luca this year because Luca's got this popularity that might stem from the fact that he is just the singular most watchable player in the NBA. And I think that's what makes him so popular. That you can you can put on a Mavs game and I don't know where they are in the standings, I don't know if they're any good or not. But damn, Luke is going to put on a show because he just does stuff that makes you go, oh my God, did he just do that? Can he really do that? And I think that's what gets him into Bernsey's back room, along yes. with Giannis and the other. And I think the other thing, too, is that over time, Curry's going to get old. He's going to fall out of favor. LeBron
0: they're is getting, starting. They're getting, they're getting oh, kicked out of Burnsy's oh, back kicked, room. Yeah, in Burnsy's back room <laughs> it's like
1: there's there's kind of a okay, you you last call for you, Steph. You're you're good.
0: Last call LeBron, time to leave, you know, it's time to let in some others here. Let me give you let me give you a, a think piece. If the Mavericks win like 48 games, but Lucas clearly the the, the, a dominant player, and you know, like, yeah, the, the, that that dude's probably the best player in the league. Should he win the MVP? Even though Booker, like, let's say Booker's Booker and Suns have the best record. Okay, Gambo brought this up, not to rain on your parade,
1: Gambo kind of brought this up yesterday. And the argument that that I can hear rattling around in my head is, what happens if you take Luka off that 48-win Dallas Mavericks
0: team? What are you left with? A 30-win basketball team? Okay, there's a reason why I asked that specific number. Okay. Denver Nuggets won forty eight games last year, and Jokic won the MVP. And Jokic won the MVP. So you don't. So go, there's precedent for like okay, you, you don't, don't, and you don't you have to go far back to yeah, find
1: it. You don't have to be the best player on the best team to get it in the NBA. You can no. be the
0: best player on a good team, but maybe they wouldn't do that to Booker two years in a row. I mean, let's say you know if the Suns win sixty four games again. Yeah, maybe maybe the voters uh, are like, well, okay. Here's the thing, Now though. it's Booker's turn. But you're right. Here's what you here's what you're so right about.
1: When it really comes down to it, I don't care. I mean, I I I care if he cares. Okay, if Devin Booker wants to win an MVP, I care for him as a forever Suns fan. I don't care if Devin Booker wins an MVP. I want the Phoenix Suns to win a championship. You know what I mean? And so if Luca wants to win an MVP trophy because he's the best player in the league and he plays on a team that is of zero consequence or zero threat to the Suns this year, unlike last year, let him. Let him. Take it down. Have it. Cheers. You know, I'm like Teddy KGB with the pot and rounders. Go ahead. Take it. You know, <laughs> take it down. You know, I, I don't. Give that man his give MVP. Pay, give Pay that man his money. <laughs> Give it to him because I want the team that's going to bring home the title. That's what I want. I don't care about MVP trophies. Steve Nash won two of them. That didn't, that didn't lead to any championships. Barkley won one. That didn't lead to any championships. You know what I
0: mean? Like we, we, we play for the Larry in Bernsey's back room. Oh, we play for the Larry. What's the LOB? That, that's, Baby. that's the password to get into
1: Burnsie's back room. <laughs> Play for the Larry. What's the? What's but the... you're letting MVPs in,
0: huh? But you're letting MVPs in, yeah. But, right? they, but they have to pay for their bottle. Service. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cover charge.
1: Even during their bye week, the Arizona Cardinals can't avoid drama. The latest with Patrick Peterson, Kyler Murray. The comments from Pat Pete today. That's next. Burns and Gambo, Chim Ring filling in.
0: Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
1: Honest question. I wonder how, and maybe we'll get an answer tomorrow. We're hoping to have somebody who covers the Vikings on uh, tomorrow's show. We didn't have time to track somebody down today. But with Tim Ring filling in for Gamble, I wonder how reporters in Minnesota feel about having to go to Patrick Peterson again to find out what he thinks about the Arizona Cardinals again. You know, it's like, I mean, that is a first-place team in the NFC North.
0: And the, it seems like an unnecessary distraction. Whole, I mean, 100%. Because there's no way the writers nor the Viking fan base cares about Kyler Murray versus Patrick Peterson or what Peterson said on his podcast. But it, or how Kyler Murray's perceived in
1: the Cardinals locker room. And that's what makes Patrick Peterson's actions even so much more unexplainable. I mean, dude, you've, it's like the fourth time I've used the word dude today, I apologize for that. Dude, you're playing on one of the best teams in the NFL. You have successfully reinvented your career after many people had written you off. I'm talking about Patrick Peterson now. Yeah, you're not playing as much man-to-man cover corner as you used to, but in this new defense that you're playing in, he's had a good season. He's had a really good season up there. You're in a really good football team. You're competing for the playoffs. You're going to the playoffs. You're, yeah, what the hell are you doing? Wasting your time talking about Kyler Murray? It, it, Why, what, 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 because it, the
0: story, the story for Minnesota is not. Unfortunately, it's not so much Kyler Murray. It's the story that Patrick Peterson called out another NFL player, basically calling him selfish. It is such an odd deal that, again, we talked about the brotherhood earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. It's such an odd deal that an NFL player would just call out another NFL player. So that in and of itself is a story. It's not so much that it's Kyler Murray, although the history with Patrick and the Cardinals obviously lends to it. But if Patrick Peterson would have said, Justin Herbert only cares about Justin Herbert. That would also be a story. It would. It would.
1: And I'm glad you said it the way you said it because yesterday, when this, it was almost exactly this time yesterday when that's, when all this stuff came down. Look, you've been covering sports a long time, so have I. I don't remember too many times when a current player went after a fellow current player with that kind of venom. With those sharp teeth, right, like you just that's what made it so shocking to me was was the 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 vitriol and the viciousness in what Pat Pete had to say in his podcast. You just don't normally see that one active player to another active player on a different team. It was right, I mean like I was trying no, to I'm think-
0: trying to think I mean you had Sherman going after Crabtree in the heat of the moment back in that yeah. Seahawks Niners, Niners game, but off the field midweek, like a verbal kind of it's just so misplaced takedown of a, of another player out of nowhere. Yeah,
1: and, and it it does feel out of nowhere because again, it always felt like Peterson's beef was with the Cardinals, not Kyler. You know, like like that's okay. I, I get it. we can. And we have, throughout the course of the day, talked about whether there is some truth to what Patrick Peterson said. Whether there is some validity, and, and certainly, we've had many conversations about just how great of a leader he is, how great of a quarterback he is. The the natural, innate things you need to do in a locker room to be a leader of men. Does he have all that? Those are all valid questions. His body language. His We're body language. His you know yelling at Cliff. Uh, the, his study habits. The homework clause. All that stuff. All that stuff paints this picture of a of a kid who's got a lot of work. to do when it comes to being a quarterback in this league. But what does Patrick Peterson care at this point, whether Kyler Murray's doing his job? You know what? What and I, and I get it. He was set up for it by his cousin, Brian McFadden, who co-hosts the podcast. And the, and the comment that Kyler made at the end of the Chargers game about how schematically we were bleeped
0: was, you know, on one play, on one play. And, and by the way, McFadden, who remember, actually played here. Yes. He was a Cardinal. He really set up Peterson poorly, poorly, very poorly. now i'm I, I doubt Peterson really was well educated on Kyler's postgame comments. McFadden primes the pump incorrectly with Peterson, which accurately yeah which which set Peterson off to criticize Murray under false pretenses. Because McFadden led Peterson to believe that Murray, after the game, said the entire offense, period, was schematically blanked. Yeah. And was disrespecting Cliff Kingsbury and torching the entire offense and coaching staff. You know what? Which is completely untrue. He was talking about one play, and he was talking about the Chargers having it played perfectly. And
1: honestly, he's not the only one. I, I, I think I saw earlier in the week... The the official sports center Twitter account tweeted out the quote, and it was like, "Uh oh, what's Kyler Murray saying here?" And then a bunch of national NFL writers retweeted it as it, and said in their retweet hey guys you're taking this way out of context he was talking about one play one play he was talking about one he wasn't talking about a game he wasn't talking about his coach he wasn't talking about the
0: offense offense in
1: general he was talking about one play and i think sports center quickly deleted the tweet when they realized how out of context they were taking it And, and i would have hoped that somebody in this podcast would have would have done the same now today as we alluded earlier So Minnesota Viking reporters, you know, descend on Patrick Peterson in his locker. I'm sure he was expecting it. And this is the rather long quote he gave trying to explain what he said, in which he said, Kyler don't care nothing about anything but Kyler. Quote, first of all, I don't have any beef with Kyler Murray. People said, oh, Patrick blatantly disrespected Kyler. I didn't do that. What I meant by my comment was when you're a franchise quarterback, you have to carry yourself a certain way. So if you're having bad body language, pouting, moping on the sideline, what type of energy you think that feeds off to your teammates? That's what I meant about Kyler caring about himself because he's not putting the team first. When you make a bad throw, you're coming off to the sideline. You're dropping your shoulders. How do you think the defense feels? If our starting quarterback don't have any energy, no fire that we can win this game, how can we? That's what I meant about Kyler caring about Kyler. I didn't mean no disrespect in any fashion or form. And I might not be his mentor, but these things are the, ti- the things, the tips that I think can make him, help him be a better football player in the long run. Close quote. Okay. First, I, I want to give you space to say what you want to say. I didn't mean no disrespect in any fashion or form.
0: Come on, come on, Patrick. It was disrespectful yesterday, and I'm not sure today makes it any. Better. Come on, Patrick. You didn't mean no disrespect
1: when you said the words, Kyler. Don't care about nothing but Kyler. You meant no
0: disrespect by that. <laughs> come on, dude. You know the fact that the fact that Patrick Peterson's trying. He's not even trying to walk it back. He's trying to clarify it. So he's trying to clarify it today, and I, I got to tell you, the, the explanation to me. I mean, it's fine that he's trying to explain what he meant by that. But still, I don't think it's any better for Kyler Murray. Now you have your former teammate giving examples as to why he thinks that Kyler Murray is a selfish player. And again, I I read into what Patrick Peterson is saying. It goes back to the body language issue which, by the way, has been talked about ad nauseum early on in his career by everybody, including Cardinal fans. Those are legit. Look, all the time. Those are legitimate conversations
1: and legitimate concerns, and they've been raised by many, many, many people when it comes to Kyler. I mean, look, the Cardinals themselves felt compelled to put a homework clause in the Kyler's contract that kind of tells you what you need to know, but there was a line that
0: you just don't cross, and Patrick Peterson... Stormed over it I think, yesterday. I think the bigger the bigger problem is that Patrick, you're, you're gone. You moved on. You clearly don't like the Cardinals. You don't like Steve Kime. You don't like Cliff Kingsbury. You clearly don't like Kyler Murray. But you've moved on. We've moved on. The organization has moved on. The city of Phoenix has moved on. Just shut up. Yes. Just shut up. Let go it, play. Let it die. Go, go play. play. Go play. You you've, you've, you've got yourself a good situation up there. Right, Enjoy good. it. You're good. Enjoy it. Right, it's over. Yeah. It's over. It's go home. Go home. (laughs) It's over. You're still here? You're still here. It's over. It's over.
1: Go home. I don't know who you are. (laughs) The Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest, featuring three incredible nights of shows, including Imagine Dragons, Dave Matthews Band, and Paramore, will be headed to the Footprint Center from February 9th through the 11th. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m., but you can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. There's no doubt we've entered a new era in college football. Big changes. How will they impact the sport? That's coming up. Burns and
0: Gambo. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight?
1: All right, what are we going to watch tonight? Tim Ring, what are you going to watch tonight? Games are on tonight. We've got uh, ASU against Colorado, the opening of Pac-12 play for the Sun Devil men's basketball team. You've got okay. fourth-ranked U of A taking on Utah tonight at 6.30, also the start of Pac-12 play. Coyotes taking on the Kings tonight at 8.30. Uh, the ASU game can be heard here on the Arizona Sports app and on 98.7, the Coyotes game can be heard on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. You've got Thursday Night Football featuring the Bills and the Patriots. I don't know if there's a big, heavy dose of NBA action tonight, of any NBA games on, of any... The Mavericks and the Pistons are already underway, Bernstein. Is that the only one? That's a light... That's a light night in the association tonight. Yeah, that's the only NBA game tonight. That's it. Huh.
0: Okay. Luke up. Luke up. Boy, maybe, maybe Luca will sprain an ankle, knock him down in the MVP race. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we've been reduced that's, to that's, around yes, here. We're, we're rooting for injury. We're, we're hoping Luca uh, misses misses yeah. twelve games. Hopefully, yes. you
1: know, and hopefully it's one of those high ankle sprains too that really keeps him out a long time. Right? That'd be great. Not just like a garden variety ankle sprain, right. but one of those real nasty ones. Right? You know what?
0: He's only got fourteen in the first half. He's done. <laughs>
1: he's, he's overrated. overrated. He's, Kick him
0: out. Kick him out, out of Birdseye's back of, room. He's
1: not in Birdseye's back room anymore. The dude's on pace no. for thirty. No, no MVP trophies. No NBA championships. I don't care how popular you are. Get out. of here. You here know, he's only got two rebounds get out of my back room come on you, man you don't belong there come on man um so college football it made it official this morning and not a lot of pomp not a lot of circumstance i think because we all knew it was coming it was just a question of whether the rose bowl was going to be a part of it or not they were the, like the last kind of brick to be put in the wall when they agreed to you know change their tv contract it's a lot of minutiae blah 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 we now know it's here and, and it starts in 2024 12-team playoff, uh, it's the six conference champions, the six major conference, the five majors, and then the the, the, the the group of five champion, and then six at-large teams that get in. The top four teams get a bye. In the first weekend, five will play 12, six versus 11, et cetera, et cetera. Those games will take place in the home stadium of the better-ranked mm-hmm. team. The next round will incorporate the Bulls, so, you know, the the one seed will play the winner of the 7-8 game, and that, that will be played at a bowl game somewhere. Yep. Um, and it's going to be like that for at least two years until they redo the contract and make it official long term. It's here, and, and I, I think you've got some very nuanced, mixed emotions about it. I
0: do. I do. I, I, do. I, don't know. I mean, uh, how do you, I, you know, I, I think
1: I, it's I, boom or bust. I think I'm either going to love it or hate it. I just. I, I, I really do. I think I'm either going to think, man, this is awesome, this is what I've always wanted, because really, as a college football fan, in some ways, this is what I've always wanted this sport to be. I used to dream of what like a 16 team playoff field would look like in college football, and I know it's only 12. Yeah. And then there's part of me that is worried. I'm just not going to care about that mid October game between Alabama and Auburn. I'm just not going to care that much about Michigan Ohio State because at the end of the day, it's just not going to matter. I'm going to worry about that. You're going
0: to lose some of that. You know the, the in a 12 team play. Think of 15 million people watch that Michigan Ohio State game. Now, I know there's a chance Ohio State might end up in the playoff anyway if somebody stubs their toe. But that game was for the playoffs. That game was for, in a way, a shot at the national championship. Yeah. Winner stays in the race. Loser goes home. In a 12-team playoff era, they're both in. That game doesn't have any stakes. Yeah. Hey, you want to talk about seeding? Okay. Uh, 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 big, uh, really? whoop do So, <laughs> while... While I will say this, postseason football is about to get a lot more interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're going to have a lot of playoff games. And you're going to have a lot of bowl games with a lot of great players not opting out. And you're going to have a lot of fun and a lot of football in December that matter. What you're going to lose, you know, I... I, I, grew up in it. I, I, I was just one of those guys. I, I love the messiness and the imperfections of college football. I, I love the fact that on any given Saturday, the best team at college football could have their national championship hopes dashed because they didn't come to play. Yeah. I love the fact that an Alabama could lose. You know, on a on a dusty highway in in Oxford, I was, Mississippi. I was just gonna say, I wish I wish our audience could you see know. the 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 the, wist, the
1: wistful, misty eyed, homespun look on your face right now. Of just, I long for a simpler day yeah. when I could just have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a chocolate but milk you know, for lunch, and you know, watch college football,
0: and then Beano Cook would come on <laughs> and talk about Frank Leahy's team of the Uh, 40s. uh, No, I mean, uh, listen, but uh, there's something to be said for the kick six Auburn Alabama and suddenly yeah. Alabama's national title hopes are over in the blink of an eye and you're like holy crap did that just happen look at Nick Saban he's done he can't believe it in a 12 team playoff Bernsey. Nick Saban's not done sure great play great finish see you next week in the playoffs Alabama yeah, yeah.
1: Okay? No, I, I mean I, 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 that, I, that's I, what
0: you're gonna you're gonna lose some of that magic I, that defined college football
1: I, I totally get that I'm not gonna miss the eternal debate about who the fifth team is and whether they should have been let in or not, who the third team is and should they have been left in or not. The, you, you long for the days of kind of the the raggedness of college football. Sometimes I think about those days and I think about man, there used to be a day when one news service would say one team was the national champion and another news service would tell you another team was the national champion. And we used to live with that. We used to go oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Miami's the champion, well, no it's Washington. Now it's Miami, no it's, ever, Miami. No, it's ever, Washington. But
0: nobody ever said it was cool and then people People debated it oh, for months, just, just, man, and people still debate that it.
1: crap on the field. Here's the honestly the thing, though that I'm scared of the most is that with this new system, what we're going to find out is that the three best teams in college football are, in fact, the three best teams in college sure. football, and all the other teams are just wasting our time. They're just riff-raff. And if that's the case, I'm going to hate it. Because if if that's what it is... Well,
0: of course it's what I'm, it is. Do you think, th- th- you think, well, a, you think the, a Tulsa is going to run the table I, I, in the playoffs? It's never I, going th- to happen. Th- that's what I want
1: to see. I want to know, is a 12 going to upset a 5? Am I going to get a team that's going to go on a nice little run because in a 60-minute football game anything can happen? Because if it's not, if it's just going to be
0: chalk... And nothing. Then I'll just watch the NFL playoffs. Okay, better. Okay, Bernsey. A twelve is going to upset a five. An eleven is going to upset a six. Have you seen a four upset a one in the playoff era? No. Have you seen? No, a, I haven't. Have you? Have you seen a four even stay on the same field with a one in the playoff era? And that's what scares me. Is that that is just going to be enhanced?
1: On a bigger, longer. It's gonna be the same thing. And if that's the case, I'd just rather watch the NFL. It's gonna be you're gonna have
0: some some great first round games. And then the one seed's gonna kick the crap out of the four seed ultimately, like they always do. Yep. And if that's the like I said, Goodbye to you, four seed.
1: This is either gonna be great or this is gonna suck. And there's no in between when it comes to me. That's it. We're out of here. We'll see you tomorrow. Straight up two o'clock, Tim. Good job as always. We'll see you tomorrow two o'clock. ASU basketball's next.